Ingram Smith here for the Nolcast. Uh, before we get started tonight, I just want to uh, acknowledge it'll just be me. I'm ever so fortunate as to who my co-host is, and uh, I know that sometimes Bud can come off as like a uh, analytical genius, and that he is, but someone that is, uh, no, he's just a very bright guy, and uh, he's also a human being, and he, he's somebody that is hurting right now for his hometown and uh and the 239 uh, as a whole bud is fine his family's fine but the place that he grew up in and you know sees it's his hometown uh was pretty much wrecked and destroyed so it'll just be me tonight best to bud best to his parents best to his uh great group of friends that I've been fortunate to be able to know to the level that I have during this course of the podcast. Again, everybody's fine, but I'll be back with us in time. But uh, best for me to just do tonight's podcast and uh, not trouble Bud with it. So we'll get into it. Tarpon Sellers is uh, our sponsor. They make the Nolcast possible. 20% off when you use the coupon code NOLCAST on Tarpon Sellers. Dot com And also thank you to our friends at Congruity. Matt Lewis is a fantastic partner for us as a small business, has been a fantastic partner uh, for my business as we've moved payroll and other benefits over to them. And if you have any questions about Congruity or what they can do for your business or how Matt Lewis can be an asset for your business, would encourage you to reach out to me directly. So let's get the conversation tonight started about when Wake Forest is on offense and what that's going to look like as that is uh, the part of the game that will probably uh, go a long way in deciding ultimately who wins or loses. And I think Florida State's offense is going to perform at a level. Uh, we'll just talk about exactly what level that is and what level is needed of it in about 15 or 20 minutes. So when Wake Forest is on offense, everybody's talked about it. You guys are familiar with it. If you're the type of listener and fan of Florida State football that listens to a 55-minute podcast twice a week like the Nolcast, then you're familiar with their mesh and what that looks like exactly. Uh, it's one of the few things from a personal standpoint that I can extrapolate from my own personal football experience Look, growing up and uh, being familiar with an offense like the Wishbone, uh, which is what I ran in high school uh, and what we ran from the time I was a sixth grader, doesn't really translate to a whole lot of <laughs> offensive football concepts in the year 2022, but I can certainly appreciate the mesh why Wake Forest uses it, it, yeah, it helps mask some of their physical limitations. Wake Forest is never going to be a team that has a five-star offensive tackle and, you know, four three-stars on the uh, interior of their offensive line or something like that. They have to work with the pieces that they can uh, recruit, can get into school, keep in school, and develop over time. And this is an offense that allows them to do this. Uh, somewhat of a similar um, bullet point on part number two is it does make defensive uh, units, particularly a defensive line, play far more reactionary than they would normally. It does not let you, as the you know Clemson's, Florida State's, Miami's of the conference, fully unleash what you think you're going to have uh, traditionally on the defensive line compared to what Wake Forest is going to be able to put together on the offensive line. And further, from a schematic standpoint, and shout out to Kevin over at X's and Knowles. Uh, he does a great job in general, but there's got a great little eight-minute video uh, or if you want to go look at this. But it does a great job of allowing you to continue to uh, operate off of an RPO model, uh, but also allow a much more 
uh, significant development of routes and route tree down the field. You're not nearly stuck to some of the quicker developing routes that you are in a traditional quick hitting RPO scheme. And that fits very well. Wake Forest has, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in college football. And that's not me like breaking anything down. I also want to remind people, as I've heard otherwise this week, and I'm not being critical of people, kid played football in 2018 in our minds. We think he's probably, you know, well past time to leave. Wake Forest has Sam Hartman listed as a junior, y'all. He has the COVID year, and I think he it was at 2018 where he broke his leg and got a medical um, exemption. So in theory, this may not be the last time you see uh, Sam Hartman, which is nuts. But uh, a kid with an NFL arm and hopefully a, a kid that wants to explore an NFL future here as soon as possible. Look, Sam Hartman can make all the throws, and you'll see that. I will say that when you watch him, when you see the camera vantage point of occurring from behind the play, you really get a perspective as to just how, one, bright this kid is and how incredible his ball placement is. I mean, he will put uh, back shoulder throws. He will lead wide receivers accordingly to where safeties and linebackers are, uh, understands the geometry of football, as I commonly refer to it all the time, as far as you know, throwing over a linebacker under a safety uh, just makes incredible plays and has the arm to, you know, he's not, he's not just like a guy with, with a great football mind, I guess is what I'm trying to say. He, he can make absurd throws. He can also make, you know, the 14-yard throw and, and put it in an 18-inch box uh, that requires based off what you see play out in front of him. He also has this habit of... Like when y'all were kids, did you ever play the game 500 uh, back before a day and age where we were all fortunate to you know carry around supercomputers in our pockets? But frequently with a football, you know, again, it would be a game frequently born out of boredom, but you just take a football up, or I guess you could do a baseball, throw it as high as you can into the sky and say, uh, this ball's valued at 200 or whatever it may be. I think the point of the game was to get to 500. Again, complex... <laughs> A complex level of uh, of entertaining we all did as children, trying to trying to find uh, more excuses to uh, to play sports. But my whole point here is that there are times where Hartman will just throw a ball that looks more like somebody that's trying to play the game of five hundred or something like that. What I mean by that is the trajectory is as far north, straight up, as you're going to see in college football. And this is not like, and I'm trying to take a shot at a guy. This is not born out of necessity. Like I said, he's got the arm strength to throw the ball all over, all over the yard. It is really more born out of uh, of just a quarterback being exceptionally bright, knowing uh, how to use the geometry of the game, uh, how to throw a ball into an area uh, as to where it's his receiver, one other guy, and it's either going to be an incomplete pass a completion or a pass interference just based off how uh, confusing this can be to a DB. Uh, it's not, you don't get used to the ball being in the air two and a half times uh, or two and a half seconds. Um, I will say that I said it's not out of uh, necessity. It's not like he's trying to shot put a ball into an area of the field that he wouldn't otherwise have the arm strength to uh, to do it. 
if it is born out of necessity, I do notice that he seems to do it a little bit more when he can't really fully step into a pocket and just has to throw a ball up in the air. And uh, more times than not, it ends up favorably for Wake Forest. Big shout out to Matt Thompson and his team uh, at Charlie Park, Township, Madso, all the places that we're frequent of talking to you about. And Charlie Park is indeed Tallahassee's best rooftop bar and somewhere that we would encourage you to go, whether it be this weekend or any other time you're in Tallahassee. But I'm always fond of saying that Matt Thompson understands the experience of being a Florida State athletic supporter and probably better than anybody I've seen in in business, at least has a front-facing business to FSU fans in the manner that that his restaurant group does. And if you're not on social media, one, congratulations. Two, uh, you would have missed out on Matt (laughs) probably playing a role in like 500 people getting to come to the game today that might not have otherwise. Now, I, I may be off in that number, but Matt and many other great Florida State fans Uh, led an effort to kind of reallocate tickets, get tickets to people that could come to the game tomorrow uh, from people that wouldn't be able to based off what happened in Southwest Florida or really South Florida this week. Great guy, a guy that I'm ever so proud and and fortunate to be able to have had as long a relationship as we have uh, with them. Getting back to Wake Forest offense here, look, I think – you just have to make Wake Forest run the ball here as much as possible. I know that that is frustrating. And if you're a Florida State fan and you're sitting here and you're looking at Wake, you know, pick up six yards of carry or something like that in the first quarter, that that's not going to be a whole lot of fun. But the alternative is letting Sam Hartman, you know, throw for 350 yards and six touchdowns uh, like he has shown the propensity to do. And the other option is to make Wake Forest beat you with a segment of their offense that they don't want to. I mean, Wake is the uh, 108th, 110th best rushing offense in the country uh, when you look at it uh, from a basis of uh, yards per carry. And, you know, Justice Ellison is a is a decent little player. But, again, that that's the guy that you want to make beat you. Uh, that's not – yeah, make him beat you slow. Make him earn it. I expect Florida State to be fairly conservative in what they do here as far as how they play their safeties, how they uh, may choose to bring them down. And look, to me, this is a fairly clear option. You take the ball out of Sam Hartman's hands as much as possible. You make him give on this uh, mesh read that they do as much as possible. And you lean on a guy like Robert Cooper. Uh, Not necessarily been an impact player this year, uh, Cooper's game is not necessarily that which lends itself to impact status all that much, but I need Robert Cooper to be to have a significant game here. I need Robert Cooper to be in the middle uh, of that defensive line and, and kind of continuously uh, push the line uh, back, uh, reestablish the line of scrimmage, and make Wake's run game kind of have to squirm out of the hole, so to say. I mean, make it... Uh, be where he has to change direction, run uh, laterally ever so shortly, and let Wake show you that they can beat you by running the ball. And if you have to make adjustments from there, then so be it. But I would not let Sam Hartman just put on a passing clinic like Clemson did for the first three quarters of that game. So that's kind of what I expect Florida State to look like. Uh, This is maybe a silly point. 
I will just say I don't expect anything from Travis J uh, during his time at Tallahassee, and ultimately I hope that that kid's able to land somewhere in the portal where he can develop and, and be a great player. I do wish that the Travis J of, of last July and August had blossomed into reality for a lot of reasons, but he would be the ideal defensive back uh, in this game. You would love to have somebody that's big, physical, and has a bunch of uh, of reach when trying to guard these uh, Wake Forest wide receivers, trying to guard some of the things that they do uh, with isolation and just kind of, again, the angles of the game. Uh, having said that, uh, Duke Cooper does look like he is rounding back into form uh, in the manner that we all kind of would have thought and projected uh, that he would have had based off what he did last year and based off his spring performance. Uh, that's great. It will be very interesting to see how Florida State defensive backs respond to the challenge. You know you're going to get beat. Uh, this is a good offense with a great quarterback. Uh, just have to have a short memory, put it behind you, and uh, and continue to go on. I think Florida State is uh, going to allow Wake Forest to have some success here. Wake Forest is going to score. We all know that. Can you get over it? Can you get back? Can you make them earn it? Can you not allow Wake Forest to have three play drives? Can you make them run the ball? I think Florida State can. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, one group that I don't have any questions about is Chad and Shannon, the legendary team uh, that have partnered with more than 450 Nolcast listeners. I think that number's up to about 470 now. But it's been a partnership that's uh, been a successful really as any in American sport podcasting and very proud to continue to have the support of Chad and Shannon. Shannon, uh, there could be no greater greater individual to work with in the loan process. And as we say, thank you to those guys. If, <laughs> if Bud chooses to work with him twice on his own volition and recommends family members to him, uh, you can be rest assured that it's a group that will take care of you and any questions that you might have through the process. 844-FSU-LOAN. So we will move our attention over to what it looks like when Florida State has the ball. And look, I am not going to just dismiss this part of the preview uh, by any means, but I think Florida State can score. I, I think Florida State is going to have to make a read at some point in the first quarter or so and figure out exactly what it wants to do with offense. And by that, do I mean like, are they fully okay with getting in a shootout? Uh, do they think they can beat this Wake Forest team, you know, 45 to 41 or something like that? Or do you try to use your offense to, to limit the amount of touches, the amount of at-bats that Sam Hartman and that offense gets? Can Wake Forest stop Florida State in the run game, I don't think so. Is this necessarily the Florida State offensive line that we thought it would have been at the beginning of the year? And if you were able to move Jazz guard, that I'd be able to say, hey, look, Florida State's going to be able to flat out out physical Wake Forest at the point of attack, run the ball when they want to, um, and how they want to. Oh, that'd be interesting, even with some of the pieces uh, that you don't have there. I think Florida State will be able to do that to an extent. Expect to see Treshawn Ward early and often. And Wake Forest is not a team that is great at, at tackling. They have one of the higher uh, missed tackle rates in the country. And if you've listened to uh, any of the talk about Trey Benson this year, you are well 
familiar with the fact that he is uh, one of, if not the the best back in the country when it comes to created uh, broken tackles by the defense. So I think Florida State will come out early and see how successful they can be running the ball. I also want to point out that Wake Forest in general plays a fairly conservative defense and loves to keep things in front of them in the passing game. I think if Florida State wants to be patient, they can, and and Jordan uh, can be patient, I think he can have a great day with um, underneath passes and, and picking up, you know, six to 15 yards at a time in the passing game. I also think that Jordan's legs can be much more impactful here, and they don't necessarily have to be on design runs. If Wake Forest stays in kind of a soft shell and a fairly conservative uh, defense, I think Wake uh, can be got via Jordan's legs, again, 7 to 12 yards at a time. And can you force Wake out of what they're trying to do on defense based off what Jordan can do with his legs? And again, based off what Jordan can do with his legs on plays that aren't necessarily design runs. Um, I love the progression that Jordan's made, and I love the fact that he's become an absolute pocket passer. But if it's not there, I want Jordan to tuck it fairly early and see what he can pick up with his legs. I really do think that you may have the ability to make Wake do something that they don't want to based off being patient in the air and based off taking what you can get if it's not immediately there in the passing game. Uh, This does kind of organically bring us to our prize picks segment. Prize picks is a fantastic partner of the Nolcast, somebody that we are very excited to work with. Uh, Anecdotally, I will tell you that I have loved this prize picks uh, endorsement because I have watched far more college football (laughs) than I have uh, in the past couple years as far as like staying up till 1030 to catch a a Pac-12 game or whatever else uh, it may be. It's fun. Uh, you can use the coupon code NOLCAST for your initial deposit back, as many, many, many of our listeners have done. want to thank you for the support that you've showed there, but to bring it back to the Wake Forest game, uh, Michael Pittman currently at three and a half receptions. I like that number. I love Jordan's number of north of 19 uh, on the fantasy score. I, that will be on my main card uh, this week. And what I mean by that is I normally try to find seven, eight, nine picks from across the country that I love and play them on a couple of different cards uh, in kind of a a idea that you can place a little bit lower figures on your tickets, spread them out more, and your rate of return, at least for me, has been significantly higher. So Pittman at three and a half is one that I'm very interested in. Uh, north of three and a half, Jordan at north of 14, like it a lot. If you want to look nationally, and I'll try to get with Bud tonight, uh, check the Nolcast Twitter account Saturday morning uh, if you want our broader set of picks. But I do, just speaking from a macro perspective, I want some kind of exposure to LSU's offense against Auburn. And now, is it the time where uh, a Kayshawn Boutte play actually hits? Yeah, I might look at that. I might look at 55 yards against offense, 55 yards of receiving uh, for LSU against an Auburn team that I think is broken and an LSU team that is hell-bent on showing people uh, that they're moving in the right direction. For me, it's Boutte. For you, it may be some other element of that offense, but I would encourage you to look at it. 
Also like uh, the Jace McClellan uh, kid at Bama, I think his number's at 61.5 rushing yards against Arkansas. But that, despite the uh, Georgia Tech kid that has transferred over, uh, McClellan has kind of become the, the feature back so far, and I like that number a decent amount. Also, look, I'm hesitant to do this because <laughs> uh, Brock Bowers has been a featured point in the offense for Georgia, but 12.5 on the fantasy score is something that I like him going over. If you don't watch a lot of Georgia, uh, it's insane how much they incorporate this kid into their offense. Second play of the game last week was an end-around where your tight end outran everybody for like a 72-yard touchdown run. Bowers at 12.5 for an offense in Georgia that's still trying to figure out exactly where it can go uh, and who it can go to. I think Brock Bowers is the ultimate is the ultimate kind of security blanket for Stetson Bennett, and I like that score a lot. Again, check back with us on Twitter. Uh, Bud and I will talk tonight, hopefully, and have a um, a broader idea as to uh, some of the prize picks plays out there that we really like. But thank you so much for your support there. And Florida State's offense uh, has, you know, we've seen that kind of each wide receiver has, has had his own day as far as uh, Portier was fairly featured in the Duquesne game, if you even want to reference uh, that game. Obviously, uh, Pokey did what he did in uh, New Orleans and made us all. Uh, Pokey just has a habit of making insane catches and has no shame in letting a defensive back immediately know that he made said catch. Johnny Wilson against Louisville. Point being here, everybody's featured differently. Uh, I do think that this could be a game where Johnny Wilson is massive. Uh, you don't have to look too far in the past to see an example of uh, larger physical options, uh, whether they be tight ends or wide receivers or Clemson, uh, really doing things against Wake's secondary. And look, Wake Forest is a very good program that is very well coached by a guy who can come off as a a little bit of a, a swarmy, uh, bizarre character in some in some stranger uh, press conferences this week. But they're a really good program that plays hard and is well-coached. But despite all that, you're still talking about Wake Forest. You're still talking about a very small school with academic restrictions as far as when it comes to getting in. And Wake Forest is a place that, like, a lot of friends of mine that I that went there would call it like work forest. It's a place where you go to school and you do a lot of academic work. Uh, my whole rambling point here is is that Wake Forest lacks a lot of the high echelon like physical talent, and it becomes apparent at times. Uh, and ultimately, if you're Florida State and you got a guy like Wilson, you got a guy like Malik McLean, uh, they would be two pieces that I think would be uh, significant parts of your offense if this turns into a, hey, we're going to win 45 to 41. We're going to win, you know, try to win in the 40s. Then uh, I am excited about what would happen with Florida State's uh, wide receivers, and I think those two may be featured prominently. Not so much a prize picks observation, but just what this game may evolve into. So a little bit of a different preview today. Again, want to reiterate my thoughts uh, with you know the people of uh, of uh, all of Florida, I realized that that made its way across the peninsula, uh, but particularly of uh, Fort Myers and all all of uh, Southwest Florida. So appreciate your support as always. 
I hope as many of you that want to make it to the game can. I think it'll be a better atmosphere than I would have imagined uh, earlier in the week. Uh, glad that the game was able to uh, get in and, and proceed on and uh, look forward to uh, talking to you, whether it be myself or Bud, on Saturday evening uh, for an instant reaction podcast. 4-0, a little bit of a, a discombobulated week here, but a program that has a chance to go to 5-0, and and you can see it just with your your eyes and ears uh, that Florida State is becoming a much larger point of national conversation. Win this week, and it only gets amped up further, and it's going to be excited, uh, very exciting to support a program that, <laughs> you know, look, I don't need validation from people on ESPN or anything else like that as far as what this program's doing or the direction it's heading. Uh, but it is nice to turn on the TV and not have uh, the only time that Florida State's mentioned with phrases like, what's wrong at Florida State? Or will they ever get back to the program that we grew up knowing? Well, we'll see. But so far, it's been a hell of a fun run. Seeing them get to 4-0. and Here's them going 5-0 and this weekend. As a formal prediction, I think they do. I have Wake Forest losing to Florida State 31, well, I should give the Florida State score, 35-31 to 31 in favor of FSU, a team that moves to 5-0 and and a team that has a legitimate chance to win the ACC Atlantic. I'm Ingram Smith. I greatly appreciate your support of the Nolcast. We'll be back. Talk to you soon.